everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 143 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. First off, just want to thank you guys for all of the shares, all of the the, the likes that we got on the, the most recent interview with Mike Crisp. I I really think that I'm going to make a, a push to do it, try to get an interview every other week. Um, and the reason I want to do that is just it takes creating stuff off of me a little bit. And uh, people just like to hear other other opinions, right? Other lenses, if you will. And so um, that would be a good time for the ad for the three lenses. But it's in the intro and I can't hit you guys with an ad in the intro. Um, you know what? I'll just go regular ad in the intro three lenses you guys should absolutely check it out it is a free ebook that i wrote at simplifyingjujitsu.com and the whole goal of the ebook this is totally new is totally innovative it is to show you how you learn jujitsu not how everyone else learns it not how hey this was how some of my students got good it is hey we all look at jujitsu from a certain perspective. This will kind of help you at least get a little bit of an idea of what perspective you like to look at jujitsu. And maybe it'll help you add some other perspectives, or maybe it will just help you perfect your way that you already like to get better. Regardless, it is absolutely free. It is a simple read. And I think that it's something that can be read over and over. You will get a lot out of it. There's just so much information uh, in the in the Three Lenses ebook. Eventually, I plan on doing an audio version of it. I know that the Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu ebook has done a little bit better because people like that audio version, uh, but it's not there yet. So for right now, you guys are going to just have to learn to read and uh, be sure to check that out. But without further ado, I know that this title was clickbaity. I know that I was bashing, I, I'm, I'm bashing um, <laughs> uh, jujitsu in the title, but I promise you guys are going to like this episode. This episode is really just about understanding branding and understanding how much better Pro wrestling understands it than jujitsu does. And probably pro wrestling understands it than anything else right now. And so, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Before we get into the episode, hey guys, Josh here, just in case you didn't recognize my voice. But anyway, before we get into the episode, if you guys have not done it yet, give me a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening to this show on. If you're watching on YouTube, give me whatever you're supposed to give me, a like, a comment, a subscribe, uh, whatever you're supposed to do on YouTube. But uh, regardless, give me some type of feedback letting me know how much you guys are enjoying the show and how much you are getting out of this free content. Uh, I cannot keep producing free content unless I'm getting five-star reviews because that is what is boosting my brand and helping me reach other people just like you and help them suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. So I won't ramble on. Give me that five-star review whenever you get a chance. Whenever you're free, I get it. You're busy. You're listening to the podcast in traffic right now. It would be impossible for you to pull out your phone and then press two buttons and take five seconds and give me a five-star review. But that's all I have for you guys. Let's go ahead and jump right in to the episode.
This episode was inspired by a few things, uh, and we will talk about all of those things today. First, this episode was sponsored by a podcast between Triple H and Tim Ferriss. Uh, we'll talk about that probably first. Uh, but it was also inspired by me being at 54th Street Bar and Grill the other night and noticing uh, bowling on TV. And there was a specific reason that I noticed bowling on TV. Uh, and then lastly, this episode was truly inspired by the Vacation Bible School at my church that I have been helping with um, because. I have this theory, and this theory is that everything is pro wrestling. At least eventually, everything becomes pro wrestling when done right. And uh, I want to explore this theory. And this really isn't a pro pro wrestling episode. Uh, I'm sure I'll get uh, more pro wrestling references in than I normally do, but uh, this is more of a understanding branding, understanding where, at least where I think the future of jujitsu is going. And, um, you know, if you know where the future of one of the fastest growing arts, one of the fastest growing sports is going, you can prepare yourself for that future so much more than most people. Because most people, even people that listen to this episode, will not prepare. Most people just won't. Uh, they will say, well, that's fine and dandy, but I don't know if this applies to me. I promise you guys, this episode applies to anyone who has some type of future goal to make money in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, okay? And so uh, at first, it might feel uh, a little over the top, some of the stuff I'm talking about, but I promise we will we will get it to be... Um, very easable, very easy, very attainable uh, by the end of this episode. So we're going to start out with the theory that everything is pro wrestling. So uh, I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss and Triple H. This is from years ago. Really good episode. I think it's I think it's still I think it's before Tim even got to like episode 100 on his show. And he's at like episode 500 now. So this is a very long time ago. And uh it really, I listened to the episode because somebody told me that there were some really good tips on travel and Hey, you travel a lot. This guy travels 250 days out of the year and he has some really good tips. And he did. If you guys are looking for travel tips, uh, you travel a lot, especially for jujitsu for competition, man, that's a great episode. Highly recommend it. Um, but here is something interesting that Triple H was talking about. He was talking about this idea that a lot of people like to give pro wrestling a really hard time. They like to give it this hard time and they say, oh, well, it's a soap opera. Oh, pro wrestling, WWE, WWF, WCW, TNA, they're all, um, they are all just, they're just so soap opera and it's so silly. And then they're in, they're in wrestling trunks and then they, they pretend to fight. And Triple H had a really good argument. He said, yes, I understand that you may not like the art. You know, I understand you may not like seeing two guys in wrestling trunks, you know, doing uh, moonsaults, right? But don't act like you don't love the soap opera part. Because when you look, when we watch a boxing match, when we watch a UFC fight, what do they play? for 15 minutes before the fight actually starts. They play a 15 minute soap opera. Oh, these guys, they have bad blood. These guys hate each other. 
They're going to go out there and they're going to try to punch each other in the face. Yes, the art is different. What is happening in the ring is different. But in truth, most of us don't watch UFC. Most of us don't watch boxing. Most of us don't even watch jujitsu just for the art. Most of us watch it for the storyline. You're way more inclined to watch Gordon Ryan versus Felipe Pena than uh, you know, coming up in a few weeks versus one of the fight to win main events that you don't know the guys on. It's jujitsu both ways, but you're interested in one. You have emotional investment in one of these things. And so um, that's kind of what Triple H had to say on the topic. And obviously he's a pro wrestler. Of course, everything is pro wrestling to him. Everything is jujitsu to me, right? Well, let's talk bowling. So I was at 54th Street on Monday. I'm helping with Vacation Bible School at my church this week. And uh, my job is to, at the beginning of the night and at the end of the night, get the kids really sugared up, really pumped up, yelling, screaming, not listening to people, and then uh, send them to the other teachers. That's kind of my job. And so, um, you know, I was at the end of the night, got done, and we were at dinner. And so we were at dinner. It's like a bar and grill. There are a lot of TVs up. And I see, um, like, I'm just looking for something to watch. Like, ah, nothing on basketball. Nobody I'd like is playing. Don't know who's playing baseball. And then all of a sudden, boom, bowling caught my eye. And I started watching bowling. And the reason that bowling caught my eye is because this dude with pink hair went up, rolled the ball. He didn't even get a strike. He didn't even, he was not, it, it wasn't this perfect thing that I saw. It was that he had pink hair. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I'll watch that for a second. And then the next guy comes up and it's kind of like this bowling all-star thing. The next guy comes up and he's dressed weird. He's a weird looking dude. And I'm watching for like three, four minutes. And my wife says at one point, why is that guy wearing that? And I thought about it. And I go, babe, if you were in bowling and you needed to become known, you needed endorsements, you needed sponsorships, how would you differentiate yourself? Right? The art is nothing like wrestling. It's nothing like fighting. How would you differentiate yourself? Well, I, I know nothing of bowling. I'm sure that there are people that are listening to this episode that do and that do follow bowling. If so, I'm just going to take a guess. I bet that there are bad boys in bowling. And I bet there are fan favorites in bowling, just like in anything else, just like in baseball, just like in football, just like in anything. Let's say Tom Brady, somebody I talk about on the podcast, whether or not you like or hate Tom Brady, most likely you had an emotional response to me saying Tom Brady. Most likely, most likely you either went, oh, the goat, or you went, oh, the cheater, right? You said one of the two. That's branding. And now we're going to talk about how my vacation Bible school this year has also turned into 1990s pro wrestling. So there was... Um, you know, my mom likes to do this thing. If you guys watched the telethon um, for Mission 111 that I was on, that is my mom's nonprofit. Uh, we were trying to raise a ton of money. And there was a point in the night where it like, didn't look like we had any chance of raising that number uh, of dollars. And my mom just kept sending me out on screen. Just like, ah, just go keep asking. 
you're going to, you're going to get it. And uh, so she loves to do this just, just to preface this a little bit. And so for vacation Bible school at our church this year, I do this job every year, um, this kind of like uh, intro outro every year of vacation Bible school. And uh, this year she said, Hey, your, your job is, is really nothing else this year, but to try to get us to 300 kids. And I was like, Whoa, I don't even know if have we ever had 200 kids, 300 is, is excessive. And so we started thinking about what could you do? What could you do to get 300 kids? Well, you know, like we get there, maybe there's a big prize at the end. Maybe there's this, maybe there's that. Well, then we decided maybe one of the leaders should have to get their head shaved if the kids can get to 300 total kids. And uh, there was debate. Obviously, the first person thrown into the hat was me. Um, but I avoided it. I didn't text people back, stuff like that. I avoided it. Then one of my, uh, actually, it's one of my purple belts, but uh, one of the guys from my church, he said, you know what, I'll do it. He's, he's a, a part of the security team for Vacation Bible School. And we thought, okay, he he, he might have enough clout to really get these kids going. But uh, um, as we got closer, we really didn't have much of a plan on how we were going to approach this. We just knew you get to 300 kids, Ross gets his head shaved, whatever. And so we, uh, you know, Ross and I talked about it. What, what are we going to do? And, and as we got more into it, we said, hey, we got to get these kids to hate you, Ross. Cause I got Ross on stage on the first night. We, like I said, we had no plan. I just wanted to get him on stage. I wanted to tell them about the potential of Ross getting his head shaved. We all start chanting me and the children start chanting, shave Ross's head. It's how we close out the night. Pretty good closing for the night, but not perfect. So night two, Ross comes in, he's got some ideas and me and Ross had joked a little bit about, Hey, maybe when, Maybe when you're doing those closing announcements, the parents are there, you know, everybody's there. Maybe when I'm doing these announcements, you, you like have entrance music that pops off and you come out there and you play the bad guy. And so we get to talk about, Hey, what are you going to say? And how we kind of leave it is this. Okay, Ross, it's 1990s pro wrestling. And this is how they used to do things like in the eighties and the nineties in pro wrestling. They would hand a guy a microphone who was good on the mic, and they would say, you have eight minutes. Make sure everybody hates you in those eight minutes. Go talk about whatever you want, but make sure that they hate you because then they love the good guy even more, right? Uh, if they can hate you more, they can love the good guy even more because he's going to hopefully beat you, right? Uh, so that's what I tell Ross. Hey, Ross. I say, we've got seven minutes, come up on stage, make everybody hate you. And so I'm about to start and literally nobody in, in the entire place. There's, there are 300 plus people um, at the church at this point. Nobody has any idea besides the tech guys in the back, the two tech guys that are in the back, what's about to happen. And so I start my announcements as I do every night. And then all of a sudden, the old NWO entrance music, the old, uh, I, I want to say it was the NWO white. Uh, yes, it was definitely the NWO white, that like guitar, the da 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 starts on, on the, the, the speakers. And I act, I play dumb. Oh my gosh, what's going, what is that? What's that noise? And down the aisle 
walks Mr. Ross from security, walking like Razor Ramon, has a piece of trash in his hand that he just throws behind him at the kids, gets on stage, starts holding his nose like the kids stink, starts stroking his hair, talking about how he's going to go wash it for the next two. He goes, I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to wash my hair. I'm going to condition it. I'm going to dry it. And then I'm going to do it again. And he's telling the kids, there's no way that they're going to invite their friends. These kids are lazy. If they were 90s kids, they would do it. But if they were 2020, now they're 2020 kids, they're lazy. He said, at one point, all you kids are at home. And this dude is just roasting these kids at vacation Bible school. It's hilarious. But at one point, he says, all you kids are at home. And these kids are like first through sixth grade, mainly says you're all at home being lazy watching coco melon and for those of you don't know who don't have any young kids around coco melon is the worst uh it is like these these nursery rhyme songs um with cartoons and usually kids watch it like two three maybe four years old uh you don't really watch coco melon even to four uh coco melon is kind of considered a baby show for a lot of us growing up it would be like if you said you watch Teletubbies, you'd be like, I don't watch Teletubbies. I'm not a baby. And so Ross says this and gets the loudest pop I've ever heard. The crowd roars. Kids are screaming at the top of their lungs, shave Ross's head. And that is uh, just a funny story to really talk about how everything is pro wrestling. Uh, tonight Ross is going, Ross wasn't able to come. And so he and I filmed something, um, a promo, if you will, where, uh, at the end of the night, cause he, he also came into the announcements last night. He actually came into the announcements last night and he didn't tell me anything. And he's like, Hey, I got a surprise for you. And I said, okay, great Ross. Cause he's really, he's like, okay, no one gets to know what I'm about to do up there. And so he wrote a poem and it went something like, Roses are red. My hair is posh. I think the head that should be shaved is Josh. And uh, the crowd roared to that. And if the kids get 300, I'm going to get my head shaved now too. But anyway, all that to say, these are things we stole from pro wrestling. When you watch UFC and they do things like this that are that are crazy and Conor McGregor is throwing water bottles at Nate Diaz. Come on. Those things are staged. They got millions of views. And maybe they are not staged in a sense of Nate and Conor sit down and discuss what they want to do. But they are staged in a sense of Conor and his team are like, hey, how could we make more money? Because I get paid for pay-per-view buys. And he go, they go, oh, well, you need more bad blood. Go do something crazy. And Conor will go do something crazy. And so, uh, yeah, that's how you want a vacation Bible school. At one point, Ross said, how come everything turns into pro wrestling? And the truth is because pro wrestling, one of the first arts to start figuring out how to truly monetize. And it wasn't in the art. It wasn't in going to carnivals and having really awesome wrestling techniques. It was actually going to carnivals and having a good storyline. The storyline is what people follow, okay? And so that does not mean 
that I'm telling you that you need to be Gordon Ryan. Okay. Like I said, at the beginning of this episode, we're going to get this, this is kind of going to funnel down into something a little more specific, but this is important for a lot of people to understand. You hear this in jujitsu, but it just seems like people don't comprehend it. World championships do not translate to money. And most likely you'll never win a world championship. Most likely, right? Percentage-wise, there are more people in jujitsu than ever, right? There are seven black belt adult world champion male, seven in female every year. That's it. I guess eight if you include the open class, but generally the one of the, the people that's of the seven wins the open class too. So what does that mean for you? Somebody who doesn't have world championship skill, but you want to make money doing jujitsu one day. Okay. So this is something that we've talked about a long time ago. I think the episode title was how to make money doing jujitsu. So I know we talked a lot of storyline and soap opera, a lot of drama, and those things are really great for an emotional response, right? Just like we said, Tom Brady, Gordon Ryan is pretty much the same. You either love Gordon Ryan or you hate him. I mean, or you hate Gordon Ryan, but you love his technique, right? Uh, there are people, there are a lot of people that do that. But regardless, you don't just go, yeah, I'm pretty indifferent to Gordon Ryan. Nobody says that. They love him or they hate him. Uh, and the reason is, is because he's done a very good job making you have an emotional response anytime you hear about his brand. Okay, so that is what we're going to talk about now is what is a brand? What does that mean? I did an episode on how to brand yourself, but I don't think I did a good enough job explaining what a brand actually is and how important it is for us to understand this now, because that is with whether you like it or not, branding and drama and things like that, that is the way that jujitsu is going. As more people come into the art, it is going to become more watered down in a sense of um, this, this respect angle that we've always had or, or always tried to have in jujitsu. That is going to continue to be less and less. Uh, and so understanding that your brand, when I say Gordon Ryan, that is his brand right? Because I say his name and you know what I'm talking about. If I say John Smith, it's not a very good brand because you would go, I don't know who that is. I don't know John Smith, right? So it's not a good brand. Yes, it is just somebody's name, but our names in this art, our names online, because everything is online now, they are so important for jujitsu. Your face is so important for jujitsu. Uh, if you see Chewy's face, you pretty much recognize that it's Chewy in a second, right? He's got a beard. He's got the chipped tooth. You know, Chewy, you've seen him a million times. That is his brand. You know what else is his brand? The name Chewy. It's not even his name. Who knows what his name is? I don't I've known the guy for years. I'm pretty sure his name's Chewy. When you see these people, when you see that they are um, that they are building these brands, and then they are able to monetize them, right? He's taken Chewy, for example, has taken this to YouTube. He's not famous because of his competition accolades. You may you may even click on his videos and assume that that is why he is famous, and he does have 
competition accolades. But that's not why he's famous. That's not why you guys know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about because he did something for you. He helped you with something, most likely. You typed in day one, day one jujitsu, and he popped up and he said, Hey, here are some tips for you on day one. And one of them was really helpful. And so then the next time you saw his face, and it was with a, a caption that you liked. It was with something that was a little bit clickbaity, like pro wrestling is real, jujitsu is fake. Something a little clickbaity. You said, huh, I trust Chewy. I trust that he has a good opinion on this. And I recognize his brand. I recognize his face. I recognize his YouTube channel. I'm going to click it. And you watch that video. And then he says to you, yeah, yo, and I also, I also have some paid videos that you could buy and you go, whoa, he's just been giving this stuff out for free and it's really helped me. I wonder what his paid videos will do. I wonder how much those can help me, right? So even though we're not branding like they are in in who's number one right now in, in jujitsu, right? Where they're trying to create villains and trying to create heroes and, you know, doing an all right job at it. Eventually it will probably, as more money gets into jujitsu, as more personalities get into jujitsu, it will hopefully be less cringy than it is right now. But um, that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about whether or not you are going to be remembered. And that has to do with how, what you did for people, whether it was that you gave them somebody to hate, you gave them somebody to love, or you helped them solve a problem. And that is going to be what, I think, and I think that most of us should focus on when it comes to branding, because most of us aren't over the top personalities. Uh, I know that's coming from me, who probably could be an over the top personality if I wanted to play that in jujitsu. But um, to me, it's a little bit of a short game, right? Because once you are this legendary competitor that everybody hates or everybody loves, then you stop competing. A lot of times your only value was as a competitor. So you have to be able to, no matter what, whether you are great or you are terrible, you have to be able to help individual people. So you could start a podcast called the I Suck Jiu-Jitsu Show. That was my first bit of branding. That was uh, technically, it wasn't my first bit of branding. That was my first bit of jujitsu branding. I actually did. I'm, I don't know if I've ever even talked about this, but I did a terrible job branding when I was younger um, because I branded myself into a corner. I didn't do a lot of jujitsu content, even though I should have been more forward thinking. I did a lot of funny content. And on Instagram, I was starting to get a lot of traction on Instagram, like 30,000 followers. And this is like, five or six years ago. And so this is when 30,000 followers was actually more relevant on Instagram and you could turn that into something. This was before the algorithm would push you down. If you weren't getting a ton of likes, it was like, Hey, all 30,000 of these people are going to see what I have to say. And so it was a really, really, uh, it was a really good time, but my brand, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to make funny videos. I didn't want to be a TikToker or an influencer. I wanted to do jujitsu. I wanted to beat people up. And then when I had to start to change my brand, when it was time for me, probably three or four years ago, I decided I wanted to do something in the jujitsu space online because it's just very obvious that brick and mortar is a great way to survive in jujitsu. It's a great way to thrive in jujitsu is to have like a gym, right? 
but it's not the only way. And being able to uh, be anywhere in quotes by being online is just so efficient. I'm in your car right now. We could be in Idaho. We could be in New York. We could be in Florida. We could be in Granite City, Illinois. I'm not sure, but I know that I'm somewhere, right? Uh, and that's only possible because uh, I'm online. When I started to do that, when I started to change that brand, I actually started to lose followers. I think even at this point, I have 24,000 followers. I had I've, I've gone down to like even the 15s at some point because I was trying to transition to jujitsu. Uh, I was trying to say, hey, this brand, I got to tweak it. And honestly, this is a really good lesson because it was really hard to totally shift my brand um, because I had to start from the beginning. I had to start over. It was bizarre to go, wait, these people used to love me. And now they don't like anything because it's just me wearing a gi. You know, it's not, it's not super humorous. It's good jujitsu stuff, but they don't do jujitsu. And so when we are creating a brand, we want to be smart about it. We want it to represent our future. That's how I think about my brand, the Iseka Jiu-Jitsu show. I get excited and talk to you guys about how many more listeners we have, how much better the podcast is doing. The podcast has hit in what, what month is this? July. Uh, the podcast has hit like nearly every goal that I had set for it this year. Um, I think every goal that I've set for it this year, um, except for one, and it's kind of a little less tangible of or understandable of a goal, a goal that I can't really know until the end of the year. Um, but it has accomplished everything. That doesn't mean that I'm, you know, I'm still in the same office in the same small house, right? Uh, that doesn't mean that it's changing anything yet, but it does give me a really good glimpse of the future. If the podcast keeps growing the way that it does, that it has been and, and doesn't even hit any more big spikes. It just keeps growing percentage wise, the way that it does. And usually as things grow, um, they tend to explode a little bit, but let's say it just does just a little bit at a time, probably in two years, in two and a half years, which for me would be hundred episodes, 125 episodes. I think I won't be here. I think it'll be a, a much different podcast. I think that we will, uh, I think the Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu brand will be much bigger. Uh, and the reason I think these things is because I get to see the numbers. I get to see them every day. And it has been the future that I've been focused on. And so uh, now we're going to break off into more examples of some branding, some ideas that you guys can follow and how to understand that, how to, you know, how to start today. Uh, and so the first thing I would do is I would choose one platform. And the reason I like one platform is because it is so hard to even do one. And so I wouldn't do a second platform until you've like mastered an entire year at the first platform. Uh, I still have not gone through my entire year of, uh, posting every single Thursday, right? I'm, I'm seven months in now, almost eight months in now. Uh, I really think I'm going to get there, but I haven't done it yet. And that's why I haven't started a YouTube channel is I think I could do a lot better. I think YouTube would actually get more people to my podcast um, because my podcast is part of the Josh McKinney brand. And so, you know, those things would kind of help each other as more people found me on YouTube, which is the biggest search engine or the second biggest search engine that there is, more people will find me on my podcast, right? And so what I'm doing though, is I'm waiting 
because it is still, I've been doing this podcast for almost three years. It is so hard, maybe two beginning end of 2019 is when I started it. So yeah, almost three years. It is so hard still to make sure that I consistently post every Thursday and now every Saturday, um, more than you guys would think. It's crazy uh, how long an hour of content actually takes. And people ask me about editing. I've heard people be like, oh, well, for editing on a podcast, like for every one hour of content, there's 10 hours of editing. Maybe for an in-person, like three-person podcast um, where you're all on different mics and those things do need to be edited and the video needs to be clipped together. But the truth is my editing doesn't take me very long. Um, most of the time, it's just one straight through take. I just put it into the, you know, into the thing that I already have for podcasts and it's pretty done, right? Maybe it takes an hour to edit for an hour podcast for me. And so uh, that really isn't the battle is, is the editing. Even, even doing the episode, even the hour of doing the episode really isn't the battle. Making sure that I'm rested enough to be able to talk for 20, 30, 40 an hour and not sound stupid and not get so tired and not crash, that is the battle. And then doing that every single week because every single week I'm having to think of a new topic or revisit an old one or find a new interview, right? And that is not to say that, hey, podcasting super hard, don't do it. Just understand if podcast is what you want to do, it's going to be hard. If it's YouTube, it's going to be hard. If it's Instagram, it's going to be hard. And I know those things sound simple. Well, I have an Instagram now. I post sometimes. Yes, but to post consistently, because that's really what you are going to need to differentiate yourself is consistency over a long period of time. I would plan two years. And that's why I think you should start now is because it takes so long. I started as a black belt when I started my podcast. It wasn't like I was some brown belt that had not competed or a purple belt that had not competed. I've been competing all over the Midwest. I've made a good name for myself in jujitsu, but still we're on year three, right? And the podcast is just now starting, literally just now starting to really grow. You know, like the first two years, there were so little change in the number of listeners week in and week out. There was so little, it was just so such a fight, but I also wasn't consistent during that time. When I started getting consistent at the beginning of this year, things started to work. And if you watch anything about starting a YouTube channel, starting a podcast, starting a big Facebook or an Instagram, the first rule, they will always tell you 100% of the time is you've got to keep doing it. It is consistency. If you think one video or one post or one thing is going to change things, it's not. Even if it was a really big post, just like we talked about with Chewy, you watch that video that is helpful. And maybe it just gives you a little more trust. You don't most, most likely you don't subscribe right after that, unless you're like gung-ho about jujitsu and you're brand new to it. Most likely you don't subscribe until you've seen 10 videos of his until he is a familiar face and it clicks you and you go, oh, wait, I don't even subscribe to this guy. And then you click it, right? So it is about consistency. And the reason that you find this guy, the reason you find Chewy on YouTube is because he's been consistent for years. So then that brings up the next question is there, should, should you focus on something that's new? You know, like, hey, podcasts are still kind of growing, but did I miss the podcast game? Did I miss the YouTube game? Did I miss 
Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you want to brand yourself on, did you miss it? No. If you will have value, eventually, and you're consistent, eventually you will be found. Um, and you know, maybe there are people that have been consistent for years and haven't yet. Um, but just when I talk to people that are successful <clears throat> and people that are successful in this space, they always talk about consistency. They always talk about how you just have to keep doing it, keep doing it. And then eventually what happens is it grows because you have this kind of, you know, now if you run into this episode, maybe you're a big pro wrestling fan, but you're doing jujitsu and you go, I want to listen to this. This is an interesting topic or the name of the show gets you to click on an episode. Most likely it's not part of your routine, but you may look back and you may say, I wonder if this guy has any other good episodes. And if I didn't have consistent content that was good week in and week out, you'd have nothing to look at. You go, oh no, he doesn't. He doesn't have anything. There's no way he'll be part of my, you know, part of my weekly routine. But maybe you pick something else and you like it and you get value out of it. And for two hours of your life, you've now listened to Josh ramble on incoherently about things. You go, oh yeah, this, this is good. This is, yeah, this is what I've been needing. Now it's part of my weekly routine. And then I say, hey, look behind me on the YouTube channel at the, the how to learn jujitsu in, in the background, right? Um, check that out. That's, that's a really great instructional that me and my dad put together. And you go, hey, I trust this guy. He gives out free content week in, week out, and I love it. I bet you that his paid content is even better. You know, if he's willing to sell this one, it's got to be even better than the stuff he gives out for free, right? Because the stuff he's given out for free, really, if you think about it, is just like a one-hour ad for the stuff that I'm trying to get you to buy. But there's value in this ad, right? I'm teaching you something. Me providing that value is what you want. Hey guys, Josh here. Just want to interrupt really quick and tell you about something really exciting we have going on at simplifyingjujitsu.com. So we just, and when I say we, I mean my father, Black Belt, Steve McKinney, and myself just released our first ever instructional together. It is called How to Learn Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there was a, a pretty big piece of our training where it was just my dad and I. Uh, we were kind of learning jujitsu on our own. First, we had to learn how to learn jujitsu on our own. And that is what this instructional is about. It is all the different training methods that we've learned, all the ideas, all the conversations, the way we learn to talk to each other, to progress at jujitsu there is uh three plus hours of bonus content on this already really cool aesthetically pre pleasing instructional uh and this bonus content is match breakdowns it's longer rounds between my dad and i it's us uh, me teaching my dad designated winner for the first time totally uncut uh just us conversating and in doing designated winner as he's trying to uh, master a position from the guard and so there is so much free content on how to learn jujitsu. This is only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com. The link is going to be in the description. Uh, be sure to check out and get your copy of How to Learn Jujitsu, only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Let's get back to the episode.
And I know there are people that are blue belts and white belts that go, yes, but there is zero value that I could, I could give to somebody. And most likely you're wrong. It's just, you haven't thought of it yet. Uh, you know, th there are times, okay, so say you're a brand new white belt and you're just absolutely terrible and you go, man, there's no way I could be helpful to anybody. What if you just keep training and after a while you start posting some Instagram posts about keeping training and how you know you're not good yet, but you're going to keep working and you post some hashtags with it and you post um, you start posting this consistently. You maybe even create your own hashtag, you know, of, of, you know, white belts that suck and uh, you can create your own movement off of that. And so now you have white belts that suck and you can turn it into its own Instagram page and people will tag you in it. White belts will tag you in it with their own stories of how they suck. And then you can make white belts that suck t-shirts. And then you have a hundred thousands of followers on your Instagram and somebody like Josh McKinney, who hopefully his podcast at this time is just blown up and he's just making billions of dollars. And he says, Hey, I would love to sell one of my instructionals on your white belts that suck channel, because I know that the hundred thousand people that, that watch you, they like you, they like what you have to say, and they feel like they, they suck at jujitsu. You just created this amazing brand, right? Um, and we can do this with anything. Now, let's look at the exit strategy of having a brand. And I don't think of like this as the exit strategy. I guess this is the final step when it comes to having a brand. And that is monetization. That's making money, right? Monetization. That's how it is. Um, so like I will talk to really big YouTubers and they don't monetize their videos, meaning like you don't um, on YouTube, if you get a certain number, if you get like a thousand subscribers, you can monetize videos. And that means YouTube will just put ads in your video for you. You don't have to deal with big businesses. You don't have to deal with anything. You just get paid. Um, and then YouTube gets paid too. And I have friends that have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, but do not monetize their channel. And, um, you know, that's bizarre to people, but it's because they would rather take that 30 second ad and put an ad for a free product that will put you on their email list. Because if they have your email now consistently, they can contact you or your phone number consistently. They can contact you. They can send you a text message. Anytime there's a new product, anytime there's a new video and that is the thing when you're on YouTube, if your videos stop getting as many likes, it stop, they stop getting showed to as many people. So now if you're thinking, okay, my goal is I'm going to be a guy with a million subscribers on YouTube and that's how I'm going to monetize and that's how I'm going to provide for my family, man, any day YouTube could change an algorithm and you could not get viewed. You could get your, your views could go down a hundred percent. You know, it is possible those things happen. And so having this idea that I'm going to create a big brand and then I'm going to uh, trust the, the um, important people that make decisions for my life in the world and just trust that they are going to take care of me forever. You really shouldn't do that. You really should try to get more of it into your hands. One of the easiest ways to do this is to create an email list or a phone number list and start to actually get the contact information 
of the people who like your content. It's no coincidence that pretty much like my consistent number of listeners, meaning no matter what the episode title is, I am going to get at least this many listens on a Thursday. That number is almost always exactly the same as the number of people that I have on my email list for my how um, my my uh, three lenses ebook right now um, is also my email list for my uh, simplifying jujitsu ebook too, which I still haven't revised, so I have not re-released it yet, but eventually I will. But for the three lenses ebook, uh, it's because there are a certain number of people who trust me enough to listen every week. And those same people trust me enough to get my free ebook. But let's say that for whatever reason, my podcast got taken off of Apple Podcasts one day, which would be really tough for me because most of my listeners listen on Apple Podcasts. And so I would lose like 80% of my listeners besides the people that went to a new platform, which let's face it, you don't like the show that much, but let's say that happens. One if it happens, there's going to be no explanation for my people that listen on Apple Podcasts. And if they don't follow me on Instagram or I don't have their email, I have no way to tell them, right? I also have no way to tell them when I release something new. I have no way to tell them when I'm going to do a seminar, no way to tell them any of these things. And so that is why we need a good way to monetize, right? We talked about um, like selling t-shirts for the, whatever I said, the white belts that suck brand, right? Um, But it's not just selling t-shirts, right? It is ad space. It is all kinds of different things. Maybe you start a white belts that suck podcast and it just helps you grow the brand even more, right? But the big thing that you would need would be that consistency and starting now when you're a blue belt, when you're a purple belt, because you not, not because you need to monetize today, but because you need to monetize, you may want to monetize three years from now. Imagine if you made that decision for yourself today and you said, I'm just going to be consistent. And you planted those seeds. Now, when it's time to harvest in three years, four years, five years, guess what? In jujitsu is 10 times, a hundred times bigger, it'll probably be. Think about that. Think about, think about where you would be at. Think about how much, how far ahead you were going to be compared to everybody else in your city, because you were doing free seminars in your city when you were a purple belt and then collecting people's emails, right? Or uh, free seminars for police officers and collecting people's emails. Or I know I'm telling you guys to give away stuff for free, but I promise you the value in emails, the value in phone numbers is way more than the the $50 you would get from the seminar. I promise you. If you get those 100 emails versus if you got that $5,000 or $2,500 from the seminar, I promise you because you can do it consistently, right? Week in, week out. And those things, those people can become your fans because now you have a way to talk to them and tell them about this cool stuff that you have going on that they are already interested in and that they already enjoy. And so that's where I'll leave you guys today with branding. I don't want to get, I mean, I'm pretty off the rails already. I guess I'll, I'll, I guess I'll leave you guys with something just really, really simple. I talked very abstract the whole time. So we'll just go really simple. Let's say I'll give you a really quick, like three-step plan 
for where to go from here. Okay. So if you want to do something in the jujitsu space, especially online, but honestly, even not online, what you should do, if it's not online, you should probably start to do local stuff that is free. Any chance you get, get off there, collect people's emails, let people in your area know that like, like when somebody in Granite city, hears the name, Josh McKinney, if they've heard it before, they probably think of nothing else than, Oh, that guy does jujitsu. I know that I got does jujitsu. I mean, he's done jujitsu in Granite city you know, in a small town for 14 years. That guy does jujitsu. He has a gym. He's had, you know, he has a bunch of students that I, you know, I work with and stuff. I know that name. That is my local brand is that guy does jujitsu and he's crazy. But what about not local? What about more online? Same thing. What free content? What what problem that I'm having that, you know, a white belt's having that a female white belt's having because you are a female and you know how to speak into that a lot better than Josh McKinney does. What problem could you solve and what platform could you solve it on? Is it going to be a podcast? Is it going to be a YouTube channel, right? What is it going to be on? But what problem could you solve to pe- for people for no other reason than letting them see your face and say, Hey, when I see that face, I know that they're going to help me. I know that they care about my jujitsu progression or that they care about the social aspect of jujitsu. And they, they help me with those things. Then focus on consistency. Do that every day for a year, do it every day for two years. You will find ways to monetize once you build a brand, but you cannot start, you know, you don't just start a big company without customers. You find customers first, and then you create something to sell them, right? All of my friends that have big YouTube channels now, that have big podcasts now, I don't think any of them started running ads for like years. All of them, they they got big first and then they go, Hey, some other people run ads. I could do that. I could run ads. And then they actually have a hundred thousand subscribers. So I'm running ads with 500 subscribers and no one cares. And it's not really producing anything, but my friend who waited and is running the ad with a hundred thousand is making 20 times more than me. Right? So that is where I'll leave you guys today. Hopefully um, you guys picked something up about uh, about branding, about separating yourself in the jujitsu space. Uh, I know this was a random one, but hey, I was just doing vacation Bible school, you know, give me a break. Uh, but that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys like this episode and I hope today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day, guys. And that is the episode. Oh my gosh, I, I I did my closing line too soon. I didn't even give myself time to outro and I went closing line. Shoot, um, the whole podcast is ruined now. I'm going to delete it. Dang it. Now, nah, maybe I should just edit that out. I'll leave it. I hope you guys are doing good. I'm dead tired, guys. This vacation Bible school has been beating me down. And uh, I should have recorded last week. I thought about doing it too. And I was like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to record. I have a really good routine now. I'm going to keep my routine, but I'm tired. Those kids suck the life out of you, man. Um, But for real this time, 
that is all I have for you guys today. If I do end up getting my head shaved, it would be tonight um, that it would happen. I'll be sure to send you guys an email uh, and let you guys see that, uh, let you guys watch the video. Hopefully I won't, um, but yeah, if it happens, I'll send you guys a video on my email list. So if you guys don't subscribe to my email list, be sure to sign up for your free copy of the three lenses and it will add you to my email list. The link is in the description and it is also at simplifyingjujitsu.com slash three. And so that is all I have for you guys today. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And I really, really hope that today's episode helps you guys suck a little bit less at branding, a little bit less at pro wrestling, and most importantly, I hope today's episode helps you suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Hey guys, Josh here again. I noticed that the podcast is over, but you are still listening. So you might still be in search of some really good free content that the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show provides. So if that is the case, if you guys are looking for uh, some solo episodes where you can learn more about efficiency and effectiveness in Jiu-Jitsu, I would highly recommend two episodes. The first is episode 111, and that is on blitzing. It's this idea of pacing that most people even black belts don't think about. And then episode 129 is on designated winner. It is this new training concept uh, that we have been doing at my team. We've been talking about a lot on the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. I've actually been traveling the country and teaching this training method. And so as we continue to grow the show, I think that is going to be the episode that I push most people to. It's episode 129, designated winner, learning to master the flow. This is kind of the missing piece between drilling and flowing and positional sparring. Uh, you kind of get to combine all three of those things with designated winner and get the effects of all three of those things with designated winner. Uh, also, if you guys are interested, if you're looking for some uh, more deep dives into specific things in jujitsu, you can always go to simplifyingjujitsu.com where I have all of my instructionals, uh, all of my dad's instructionals, and actually a few from my coach, Kyle Watson, my friend, Nick Sanders, uh, John Prine, really some amazing black belts instructing you at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Also at simplifyingjujitsu.com, I have a free ebook for you guys. It is called the three lenses. It is the three lenses that people look through to learn jujitsu. Most of us only ever see or learn from one of the lenses. And simply by adding the extra perspective of the other two, you will triple how quickly you get good at jujitsu, especially how well you understand jujitsu. And that is what this free ebook really provides is a very good a way for you to understand the language, understand what's happening, understanding why you are getting better, or more importantly, why you're not getting better. And you can use this free ebook and it will help you diagram what you want to uh, getting to the goals you want to get to. And so that is all I have for you guys. Make sure to check out designated winner. Make sure to check out, uh, Make sure to check out everything that I have at simplifyingjujitsu.com, whether it is free or it is paid. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Josh McKinney. If you ever have any questions or comments, or you want to send a suggestion for a suck less Saturday episode, you can email me, Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Uh, I read all those emails. Sometimes they get repetitive, so I combine five or six emails to be a suck less Saturday episode. Uh, but 
keep those emails coming so I can keep producing great jujitsu content. And I can keep hearing from the people who actually enjoy the show and want to keep hearing the jujitsu content that I produce. Have a great day, guys. I hope this last little few minute clip helps you suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day.